Don't leave it to the judges podcast. I'm the samurai here with my main man, Patty Brooker. Skull, Patty. Yay, yay. Hello. What's going on, guys? This is the number one, two. Well, we're number one and two right now. We've got some people that have kind of, you know, dipped their toes in. I think Cormier has a podcast now. Doesn't matter. Uh, he, I, I think he was in the, the inboxes, right? He was trying to get a hold of us to be on the show. Just kidding. We're not that big yet, but... They do know who, they they know who we are, and I want to start this episode by talking about something that's just annoying the shit out of me, and it's not Cormier, you know, it's not Michael Jackson, it's not Nate D. All right, I'm seeing that Tyron Woodley is apparently taking on Jake. What's his name? Jake Paul again. Okay? Again. Now whatever. I don't give a fuck one way or the other. Here's what bothers me. What bothers me is now he's saying, and I don't know, I'm pretty sure he might have said this in the beginning, but now he's saying he's going to knock him out. He's saying, for sure, I predict a KO. And you know what, guys? I think we all know better. I think we all know better. Not because Jake Paul's a good fighter, but because Tyron Woodley isn't. Because Tyron Woodley isn't. So, of course, we're going to sit here, we're going to go, we're going to watch this stupid thing, we're going to watch clips of it, we're going to see it end in dramatic fashion because we're just going to add more stripes or notches to the, the belt that is around Jake Paul's waist currently, and that is simply, I'm a pretend boxer, you know, my hair might look a little like Jake Paul's right now, but that wasn't because I'm inspired by the guy, I mean, let's be honest, he's more inspired by Conor McGregor than uh, Conor McGregor is by Conor McGregor, okay, um, <laughs> Tyron Woodley won't knock this guy. I just don't see that happening unless somebody says, hey, man, you got to fall. You got to throw in the towel, Jake Paul. I, Because I, Tyron Woodley stinks. Okay, he's the exact same fighter no matter where it happens. I would imagine that if he got into a, a bar fight, he wouldn't even get arrested. They're like, I don't know, man. You just didn't hit a guy a lot. And you moved too much. You didn't get hit. So, I mean, just go home. <laughs> you know, like it's fucking boring. And it's weird that it's even news on this podcast. But the next thing I wanted to say, and I don't know if you have anything to add to this, but I just want to throw this in there too. I don't know if you've heard about this bloody elbow article where they've been uh, trashing Joe Rogan uh, for how he went about his COVID shit and how Dana White. Not shit again. Yeah, Dana White went to Joe Rogan for advice on what to do. I don't know why there was quotations there. Uh, what to do with his COVID symptoms and how to get rid of it. Okay. Okay. Uh, these guys, this is what's annoying about the internet these is it's like we just make them more popular by continuing to mention. And you're making this this guy a, a figurehead in what? I don't know, news, I guess, maybe? But to be like, oh, well, I'm going to write an entire article trying to, you know, take the guy down. We already know this doesn't work, guys. All right, this doesn't work. Just go into boxing. You know, start talking about boxing. That is what That is a huge sport these days. Okay, nobody cares about the UFC anymore. It's all about AEW, Vince McMahon, hockey, and Derek Jeter. Did I say the other one already? And bowling. Let's there you go. Bowling. Yeah, everybody. Absolutely. Lawn dart. Yeah, and boxing is obviously t at top of this list. People are obsessed with it. They can't stop watching it. It's making the best, uh, the best uh, money. It is weird though when they're like, "Oh, Tyron Woodley can make five hundred grand for this fight." You're like, "That's not." great money when he's been this is the end of your career and you're making this type of money if you were of any value you should have made that a long time ago my guy you know uh 
John Bones Jones once had deals with Gatorade and Nike. And look at him now. But still, at least he could be like, yeah, I was a Nike athlete, guys. Fuck with me. You know what I mean? No matter where he is in his career, if he ever comes back to fighting, at any point he could just be like, I was, you know who I am. Of course, I'll be on the Wheaties box. You know what I mean? Some kids will still be inspired. They'll be like, I can do, I can have a fucking hit and run <laughs> and still be a professional athlete. That's pretty cool. Well, man, let's get into this. Uh, the last UFC card at the Apex that just took place, Font versus Aldo. Uh, man, I don't know if anything stuck out to you, but uh, there were several fights that, that stuck out. Uh, I'm just, I don't want to go through all of them, but uh, I would like to go through some that, that stuck out. Uh, number one, uh, Alex Moreno versus Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall overhyped, overhyped, overhyped. Alex Moreno, I feel like he could have took that fight anytime he wanted. He told the announcers before the fight, uh, it's going to be a late finish. I'm in no rush. And he kind of toyed with Mickey Gall the whole fight. <laughs> I don't know, man. And then uh, I don't know if you got anything to add to that. Nah, it wasn't very impressive. But the card overall, we can say this, fucking great. Mm-hmm. It was a fun watch. It was a good card. Um, you know, my stuff's not loading very quickly here, so we'll just go. The William Knight, uh, Alonzo Minifield, that was pretty pretty good. Uh, that was a good fight back and forth. William Knight, man, his damn muscular-ass arms around Minifield's head. I was a little worried there a couple of times for him, but he was in no trouble. But William Knight ends up winning that uh, decision 29-28 on all the judges. All right, so there was some pretty nasty knockout on this card. There was also some pretty nasty fights, all right? And that's what we come for, guys. There's fights that weren't left to the judges, but the ones that went to the judges, like the William Knight fight, you're like, worth it. That was worth it. That was a fun, fun fight. It was a good test for both guys. But, you know, tougher competition, I think, is along the route for both of them in the future. Now, let me ask you something. Uh, I kind of want your opinion on this Clay Guida fight. Uh, Leonardo Santos, Clay Guida. Santos beaten, pounded on him in the first round. <laughs> Clay Guida falls like straight down. The ref stands around. He doesn't stop it. And uh, at, at, there's big debate. Should he have stopped it? Should he have continued it? But I think I know what you're going to say. I think you're going to say, well, Clay Guida got up and was just running around the fucking octagon like he had just uh, jumped out of bed. I mean, nothing. <laughs> well, I guess I'll just say it's a veteran thing. You know, the fact that he's, <laughs> they've seen this happen. They're like, we've seen this guy get broken and still somehow continue to do what he does as Clay Guida. And I think that's why. I think that's why they gave him that shot. And the other thing is, too, it's like Santos is 41. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like you can't even really be that impressed with the, the way that the fight ended. But nonetheless, let's uh, let, let me just throw this in there. The, uh, Louis Smoker, this is the first fight. Vince Morales. Incredible. Very impressive. Very impressive because I think that was uh, not a lucky shot, but just thrown uh, as a win. You know what I mean? Because I, Smoker wasn't expecting that at all. He had him in the clinch and that hand came over the top as they, they unclinched and it was over. So much power in such a small you know, uh, small distance between fighters. Uh, the Claudio... That's uh, what wrote, deceiving power. <laughs> the Claudio uh, Puelas guy, you know, submission, mm-hmm. good shit against Rootsmacher. 
Uh, what about Cheyenne uh, Valismas? The prince? Did she change her name so that her uh, nickname would rhyme? <laughs> I don't know, man. But yeah, that was no contest. I mean, Mallory Martin. They they gave her an easy fight. Like I said in the last episode, they they just gave her someone to 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 put her up against that that was like a cupcake easy win so they can build her up. I think they really like the look of Cheyenne Valismas, and uh, I think they just want to keep building off of her. Well, if, I mean, if Mr. J.P. Buys isn't around, I mean, what's up? Let's get her on the podcast. Where she live? Arizona? That's yeah, hot as fuck. I'm way too white for that much sun. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, that, that, like you said, uh, they gave a little bit too much hype uh, towards the end. At least Cheyenne did with uh, how good Mallory did. She just kind of, hell yeah, fucking great fight. It's like, bitch, I beat your ass the whole fight. Go home. Um, I will say I'm a big fan now of Manel Cape. Uh, this fucking dude, oh, yeah. you know, with the first knockout that he had, uh, you didn't believe it. Second knockout, I'm a believer. <laughs> oh, man. Is this a monkey's reference? Uh, and I love this post-fight, after-fight interview when he was there asking him who he wanted to call out. And he's like, man, I'm the, I'm, I'm here. People call me. They need to call me out. Talk he's to me. He's very good, dude. Very good, very technical. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put out a guy that's, uh, you know, was it kind of on the come up as well? But uh, what do you think, uh, Dushko? Dushko, uh, yeah, that uh, man Dushko looked great. I mean, <laughs> he looked fucking great. Uh, just took him down, ground and pound, beat the shit out of him. I don't know what to say really. And <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, we have to mention this guy because both of us once again might have fallen victim to the Brendan Allen. Damn it! Birth. Yeah, it got me again. What in the fuck, man? <laughs> this dude is dangerous. He's scary as fuck. He's technical. He's very athletic. I think we start putting our money on the man. The man's That's got hands what? and knees. I swear to God, I I honestly thought when I was watching the fight, I was like, I thought I, I'm pretty sure I picked him. That's amazing. And then I go back and look. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did go with Allen. Fuck. Because they were, <laughs> they were like, this is the biggest underdog again. So it feels like if this happens again on the next time this man fights, if he's that much of an underdog, I might have to put dollars on it. Yeah, throw a little bit on him. I just don't understand it, man. He's now he's won seven in a row, but he was over in the PPL. That's what I mean, we, this part we can't we can't sit here and pretend to be the experts because the Sean Shelby's, the Mick Mannards, and the Dana Whites know what the fuck they're doing, and they get these fighters for a reason. No matter how much we can hate the hype, sometimes they're fucking right. Mm-hmm. There's no hype behind Chris Curtis, though. No. Again, sometimes these fighters come out of the woodworks where it's like this dude, they just saw something that nobody else did after he lost those fights in PFL and said, we got to see what he can do against these guys. And I don't know if it's the tougher competition, the, the bigger lights, the, yeah. the brighter stage. That's weird. Stage, brighter lights. I said it backwards. Maybe some it, better training. Yeah, something like this. Uh, I don't know. I like it, though. And I think the next time I don't care who he fights, I'm going to have to go with him, man. Yeah, I would like to see him just keep stepping up in competition i think we will see that okay huge shout out to whoever tweeted i think it was nico price during this next fight jimmy crew versus jamal hill uh obviously clay guido was was next we already talked about it but uh jamal hill versus jimmy crew okay jamal hill sleeps him and he does it in dramatic fashion swelled up immediately just jimmy crew looked like he got his ass beat for seven rounds the way that this fucking punch put him out right he looks so Mm -hmm. nasty after the fight and my favorite tweet from Nico Price of all time, I mean, shut the shit down. He goes, well, that's 0-2 for the mullets. <laughs> for the mullets? Oh Who the hell's keeping track of that? 
uh, people that hate Nico fucking, Price. <laughs> people that hate mullets are keeping track of that. Uh, who, who would be the other mullet though? Let's see. Who would be the other mullet? Cheyenne uh, uh, Bullis? Nah. Uh, I don't know. Just kidding there. Hmm. I mean, see. either way, but he must be talking about somebody else from another. I don't care. The mullets are fucking lame. Stop doing that. And I hated that Jimmy Crew like shook it when he first got on camera. Like, what are you doing? I'm glad your ass got knocked out. Fucking goofy. <laughs> All right. Beautiful work, though. Jamal Hill. Nasty, nasty. He's a problem. What else we got? All right. We got uh, Raphael Fazizi. Goodbye, Brad Riddell. <laughs> Brad Riddell. You think he's out? He's done? No. Nah, well, I'm sure they're going to give him more fights, but nobody fucking likes him. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, he's only 10 and 2. But yeah, that, that uh, knockout spinning wheel kick. From Fazeez, that that was beautiful. He looks like Brad Riddell looks like fucking one of, you know, something that Gray Maynard Gray Maynard might have shit out. You know, this is some sort of weird Gray Maynard offspring. They're like, hey, can you get somebody with a fucking flat stone face? He looks like a goddamn <laughs> sculpture. He looks like an he's Easter Island head. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because he like glides around the octagon like like somebody's pushing one of those island heads around. And here's the other thing too. Any man who sticks on to that much hair with that much not hair, idiot. Either shave it or f- I I don't know what it's like a dude who's bald on top but his hair goes to his shoulders. What the fuck are you doing? Like Hulk Hogan, get rid of it. You look fucking ridiculous. Shave it off. Brad Riddell, what's going on here? I'm not I'm not saying I'm impressed by people with great hair. The mullet fucking stinks as well. My point is He's like David Spade from the Chris Farley film, right? When the wind, when the fucking fan turns on and blows his wig back. But that's his real hair. That's how it's actually made. He's like, there's nothing underneath this. It's so light. <laughs> if I don't comb this in the particular direction, I look insane. He looks 10 years older than he is. Uh, so basically, fuck that guy. I hope he loses forever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's all. He's dangerous, too. He's, he's nasty. I mean, he's, he was going up against a guy who was going to do what he does best, and that's put you to sleep. And the thing with Brad Riddell that I don't like, it's not that he's a bad guy or anything. He fucking does the same thing in every fight, and it's boring as shit. <laughs> boring as fuck, dude. You bring nothing to the table. Zero personality, too. Oh, man, the main event, Jose Aldo, Rob Font, that uh, that really wasn't much of a contest. <laughs> fucking Jose, man, he's got it going on, dude. What do you see him next? I mean, he's got to be... Uh, I don't know what what's going to happen with Rob Font. I mean, step down, obviously competition level but although i mean will he be able to get a championship again well, eventually nobody would be mad at it i don't think i mean i i wouldn't mind seeing a peter yan jose too mm-hmm. right i mean this will say a lot for the sport if jose aldo can get the championship again and retire and then remain healthy you know not have any longevity problems with his mental health because of E and all that, it'll say a lot. It's like this dude climbed up and down the fucking rankings, every top opponent that he could find, mm-hmm. getting slept by Conor McGregor, and he's riding a bicycle every day, he plays with his kids, he's fucking fine. But if he continues to fight, and then something crazy, you know what I mean? It's just going to be a difference. And I like this storyline that I'm I'm predicting. Yeah, I mean, he's looking spectacular in his last, no doubt about it. But dude, we have UFC 269, and uh, you want to pick along with us? Make your fight picks, 
Just click in the show notes. Bam's right there. Take you to it. It's totally free. All that good jazz. All that good stuff. But, uh, man, most of these names on this card, pretty easy. But uh, the first fight starts off. The uh, women's flyweight, Jillian Robertson, Priscilla Cachoeira. But uh, anyway, Robertson. Go uh, this lady you told me the story about her friend stabbing her. Oh, okay. It's the same lady, huh? And, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's why. Well, her nickname is Zombie Girl. But uh, oh. <laughs> she's she's one, two. She, she's uh, one, one or last two. Both for TKO wins. She's two and three in the UFC. She got six knockout wins overall. And I think if she could keep it standing, I hate to bet against Robertson, but she's like terrible. Uh, Dean Thomas has got her coming in these fights. Uh, this is what he's saying to her. Go in and take them down at all costs. Dean, we've seen the ladies' hands. They're not fantastic. She's not knocking everybody out, but she's got enough hands to distract to get a takedown. Don't just come in and nothing but takedown attempt after takedown, looking like a female Ryan Hall without the skills. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to get for Priscilla. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sorry, uh, Jillian. This this girl's been through way too much. I mean, the nickname says enough. I, I think Priscilla's asleep because she's going to be predictable. She's going to do what she does. If Dean is telling her, hey, take him down, that's your perfect moment. Knee, uppercut, get her out of there. Yeah, we know Priscilla's got power, too, with their six knockouts. And like I said, her last two fights, knockouts. The, the thing about Robertson, and I don't realize I didn't realize this because she seems like she's been around the UFC forever. She's still only 26 years old. But yeah, just, I don't think she'll get her down. I'm expecting to not win, just like you said, man. Just like, But uh, this next fight, Bantamweight, Randy Costa, Tony Kelly. Now, Costa, he's he's only 27. He's 2-2 two and two in the UFC. All, all six of his wins in UFC, well, all six of his wins, knockouts. But he did get knocked out in his last fight to uh, Adrian Yanez. But, dude, that fight was a fucking slugfest. I remember this fight. And I'm like, I think they both, I think this is one of those fights you lose, but you get better, you learn from it. And that's why I think he's going to have a, a slugfest with Tony Kelly. I, I never heard of Tony Kelly. He's won the one UFC. He's never been finished. And he hasn't fought since last year, October last year. So, yeah, I got to go with Randy Costa, man. Yeah, I think uh, Tony Kelly, with a name like that, he sounds like a NASCAR driver. Tony <laughs> Car 42. Uh, I do feel Randy Costa and uh, Edmund Shabazian look way too much alike. And I get their records and skills and fights mixed up so much that I forget which guy got knocked out recently, which guy has won recently. Uh, which guy trains underneath Ronda, you know, uh, whoever started with her. I don't know who it is. Is it Randy Costa? Is it Shabazian? I don't know. Pretty sure it's Shabazian. All, yeah, all I know is I'm going with Randy Costa. All right? It's a Randy versus Tony battle. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Randy versus – it just sounds worse, right, when you don't – So something I don't understand this next fight, featherweight belt. You got Ryan Hall against Derek Minner. Ryan Hall – He's eight and two. We know what he does. He comes in, he tries to do his little bit, and if he grabs a leg, it could be over with. But 80% of the people picked this guy to win. Now, did they not watch his last fight? Because that was embarrassing. He came in, he did his little flip, and he lay down on the ground and got the shit beat out of him. Just hammer fist punches to the face. Just So yeah, man, him against Derek Minner, that's, 
<laughs> Minner's got 22 submission wins. I don't know if he'll submit Ryan Hall, but he's scrappy as hell. He does have eight submission losses. So maybe somebody at UFC is like, all right, we want to promote Ryan Hall. Who can we give him that's susceptible submission? Uh, the Minner's got eight submission losses. Let's throw him in there. Man, uh, yeah, I think I think Minner, he could possibly knock him out. This could be the end of Ryan Hall, my opinion. I honestly agree with everything you're saying. Another thing you have to take into account is the fact that uh, people that are also guessing on this fight picking are probably, you know, fans of other sports just playing the fucking game. They don't know shit. Uh, because the man only has 10 fights total. Ryan Hall feels like he's been on for 50 fights. The difference is Derek uh, has almost 40 fights legitimately 40 fights and we're gonna sit here and think there's a chance that the, he has seen something like ryan hall before of course he has i mean a guy who just does submissions this is not going to be an issue i don't i mean all that hype that we thought we had with uh ryan hall in his last fight is diminished because if you were as good as you are you would have taken more of a chance and standing back up trying to get him down that way instead of just spinning around like a fucking weird break dancer so uh, what do you got, man? Who are you going with? I'm going with Minner. <laughs> so, yeah. That, Ryan Hall, I, I was a big fan of Ryan Hall just because it was a different style. I like that he gets a leg, you're done. But that last fight, that was an embarrassment. That was an embarrassment. It was sport. It. One of his uh, <clears throat> recent fights was against the legend BJ Penn. And now he's going up against Derek Minner. Okay, you know? I'm not saying anything. I'm not shitting on him particularly, but you get my point. It's like... <laughs> Okay, well, he fucked up. He should have done a lot better in his last fight. Uh, anyways, continuing on, this is an easy one to uh, say. We got Alex Perez versus Matt Schnell. All right, Alex Perez, 24 and 6, 91% takes this guy uh, over Matt Schnell, who is fiending 6, 9%. What do you got for me? Well, all I got is uh, Schnell. He's lost two of his last three, he's got three knockout losses. And uh, Perez, man. Four and six. He's won three of his last four. Uh, he did lose his last fight. He's six and two in the UFC. And 12, 12 of his wins are via decision. I think he's going to knock out Matt Snell. Okay, Here. do me this favor and tell me when was the last time Alex Perez fought? All right, that's a good good question. Good question. I, oh, you know, I got you written down actually. Last fought November 2020. Didn't have to look that up. I'm prepared. It's been over a year. No, right? And that was a loss. But yeah, lost in uh, November 2020, over a year. That was a uh, Figueredo. All right, well, I'm Guillotine going. choke. With Matt Schnell. Wow. We'll see what happens. That's a, a huge underdog. Yes, it is a huge underdog. All right. All right. That's pretty cool, man. That's a, That would be a big payoff if someone placed a bet on that. But, uh, Women's flyweight bout up next, Miranda Maverick, Aaron Blanchfield. Maverick, her, she's 11-3, and 73% three. of people picked her. Her last fight, I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do. You, you watch every damn UFC there is. It was against Macy Barber, and I'm a big fan of Macy Barber, as we talked about in the previous episode. But uh, she should have lost that fucking fight, man. You don't leave it to the judges. Miranda Maverick should have won that fight. That fight, she definitely took two of the three rounds, in my opinion. But with that said, Aaron Blanchfield over here, only 27% of people picked her. She's 7-1. She don't have as many fights. 
Here's what I discovered looking at her record. Her only loss was against Tracy Cortez in a split decision. Now, I'm a big fan of Tracy Cortez, and I think if that's your only loss, a split decision to her, I think she might be a little tougher than people think. So I'm going with the big underdog, Aaron Blanchfield. Well, that's perfect, and I, I like your speech on that because I, I, I agree with the, your take on Maverick. It was a really insane fight that she had with Macy Barber. That's tough competition. I mean, Macy's uh, very strong in this weight class. She's very fast. She's got knockout power, and she's uh, technical as all hell. Miranda, we got to see put a stop to a lot of that and be offensive and do well. And it made us bigger fans, I think, of Miranda Maverick going in against somebody who is Macy Barber, who we both already like. And I, I got to go Maverick on this one. I think that this is going to be – she's going to put on a, a show, I think, in this fight. She's scary as hell, too. Just looking yeah. at her, her face is always the same. I like being there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like She's like, get me the fuck out of here. So, the faster I can get out of here, the better. It's very um, – I'll do this next one because uh. it's very weird that this guy is still around. I'm being honest. It's Eric Anders, guys. He's back again, straight out of Alabama, Crimson Tide. All right. He's 14 and 5. A lot of just weird, impressive, and then unimpressive, and then fucking just weird again fights. Uh, he's fighting Andre Munez. Munez. Uh, he's 21 and 4. 68% takes him over Eric Anders. And you know what, guys? Me too. Uh, me as well, man. I think it's going to be a submission win. Uh, Munoz, 14 submission wins. And I think he'll get another one right here. So, yeah, that's what I see. I see him taking him down, taking Anders down, submitting his ass right if away. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, if you can pop this up real quick, uh, Andre had a very quick submit in his last fight, right? It was very fast, I thought. One of his last couple of fights. His last fight, fight is, uh, yeah, it was an arm bar in the first round, uh, 3 minutes, 59 seconds uh, against Souza, Ronaldo Souza. And, and the last two, his last two fights have been armbar wins. Interesting. I mean, Eric Anders is a powerful guy, but this this lightning fast success that these football players have in MMA, it's it's a short fuse. It's quick and it's over, and then the success just it just they, you never see them fall and come back quickly. It's never like that. It's like they'll have a nice run, and then once that's over, they just kind of stick around in the bottom. You remember who they are, but they're never that successful. So the next fight, man, I'm looking forward. This is one I really look forward to. A middleweight bout. Jordan Wright, the Beverly Hills Ninja, versus Bruno Silva. Dude, this this should be a brawl right here. I really do. But uh, Beverly Hills Ninjas, all of his wins. Hell, not even all his wins. Even his one loss is all finishes. Seven knockouts, five submissions. His one loss was that loss to, to Buckley, uh, knocked out. But then you have Bruno Silva over here, 21 and 6. 18 knockout wins. Six straight wins. His I just don't think he's faced the competition. That uh, his his competition's not uh top tier. Let's just say that. So even though 70% of the people picked Bruno Silva, and damn, he's got some hands. He really does. Man, I just like my man Beverly Hill Ninja, man. I like that guy. So I, I think maybe. Come with a game plan, maybe take him down, see what he can do. Because Silva, five of his six losses are submission losses. So that would be what I would do against him. So I went with uh, Jordan Wright. 
Yeah, I mean, Jordan is, uh, he is a specimen. He's a funny guy to look at. You know, his head's way too big for his body. He's got a weird stance. Keith Jardine with a little Conor McGregor, Stephen Thompson. Uh, but he's very accurate. Uh, the thing is, is he, he does strike a lot like Stevenson in that when he comes forward, he kind of puts his head back and his chin up, which that's kind of what happened with uh, Joaquin Buckley. And that's what was, it's just dependent on how he's corrected that on his future success. Now, this is a young dude. These guys have opportunities to get better. And that's what I make fun of with Brad Riddell. It's like, hey, man, you have an opportunity to get better every time and, and uh, bring something else to the table. And if you guys are fans of MMA, you know what happened to Chuck Liddell. We all thought that, oh, he was going to be different in his last five fights. And he was still the same guy. And everybody fucking knew it. And they targeted him and it was over. They made him come forward instead of him countering. And that was it. So if these guys can't change or improve what's the point in paying attention to making them stars i guess you uh that's why the loss can make a guy very scary so him coming back after walking buckley and then there i think he's on he's going to be on a tear here so i want uh, jordan Wright as well damn well <laughs> a lot of agreeing here a lot of agreeing but uh, the next bout heavyweight bout augusta sakai versus uh tai tavasa anyway Augusta, this is a guy, he came from, he's one of his Bellator guys. He came over from Bellator. I think his only loss had been to, like, Czech Congo. But uh, he's got 11 knockout wins out of his, he's lost two straight. Both of them knock, knockouts. And I think he's just overhyped Bellator guy. You and me are on the same page. When guys come from or, other organizations and they're, like, average over there, I don't expect them to be kicking ass in uh, Mr. Curtis. But, uh, yeah, so I had to go the other way. Because uh, Ty, he's got all the momentum, man. This guy, he's won three in a row, all knockouts. Before then, he had lost three straight. But now, he, he's, on a, he's on a tear. Yeah, he's one of these guys that would have been dropped, uh, if not for the personality. Uh, and that's why I'm going with Augusto Sakai. Because, eh, Ty Tuivasa stinks. It's like, <laughs> hey, sure. You fucking... Come in, you win a bunch of fights in a row, and then you lose a bunch of fights, then you win a bunch of fights. It's like we've seen this done before. It's not that special that you can drink fucking beer out of a shoe. <laughs> I hate that. But, uh, Bantamweight bout next. This Bantamweight division is just insane. But uh, Pedro Munoz versus Dominic Cruz. Munoz, he's lost three of his last four. He's never been finished. But Cruz, man, he's lost two of his last three. But he did look decent in his last fight. Well... Uh, was against it was against Casey Kenny. It was a de decision win, but he looked pretty good in that fight. So I'm going with Dominic Cruz. On the yeah, he's just another one of those guys that I don't like at all. So he's got a weird fighting style. I didn't like him in WEC. I don't like him as a commentator. He's got the personality of a fucking thumb. You know what I mean? Just fucking boring, dude. It's like how how is anybody? What kind of relationship does he have with his family? You know what I mean? He's Dull is all fucked, dude. It's insane. Uh, there's another cool leg kick. I don't even know if he says the word cool. You know what I mean? Like, he's a guy that thinks he's super technically sound. He probably fucking does shit like this at the dinner. You know what I mean? Oh, whatever. Fucking <laughs> he says namaste to everyone, dude. You know, get a personality, Dominic Cruz. All right? Uh, I don't even care about Pedro Munoz either. I think he stinks as well. Uh, this is just one of those fights. It's like, who's going to retire first? But I did go Pedro Munoz. Oh, wow. All right, man. <laughs> I like that little piece there. But uh, anyway, the next bout, featherweight, Josh Emmett, Dan Ige 
Josh Emmett, he's won, he's won his last three. But uh, out of his 16 wins, eight are decision wins. He's got three knockout wins in, the la- in his last four wins, and he's won four of his last five. Dan Ige has lost two of his last three. He's never been knocked out. Six decision wins. So I, I think this will end up going to a decision, and I think Josh Emmett will take it, just outpoint him. I don't know. What would what, you say, Broken Skull? Well, here's what I think. I think Dan Ige might have, like, a record for shortest name ever. Um <laughs> He's also 50K, Dan Ige now. I mean, the guy's winning fucking knockout after knockout. He's dearest. He's got the fucking, you know, the look of a, a savage, rabid dog on his face ever in the octagon. He's a little fella, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he was the guy that came on the scene that I could give a shit about. But then you see the and then the fact that he has shin tied to it. It makes him that much more just because a man that can go in there and forget that that's even what it's about. Just destroy dudes. I bet he got given, got given that fucking nickname 50K. They're like, so you got to call him this. I mean, what else is there? He's destroying these kids. So I think I'm going to have to go Danny again. Yeah, I don't know, man, because this is a tough fight because they both throw hammers. I mean, Josh Emmett throws hammers. Ige throws hammers. It's a matter who whose hammer is going to connect first. So this is just a really fun fight, and I'm glad it is this high up on the card. All right. Yeah, man. This the next bout, Bantamweight bout, Aralian Paiva versus Sean O'Malley. Here we are. Here's here's my opinion. I'm gonna go on a little spiel. O'Malley, man, they like him. They 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 like to build him up. They they he's a good. You know they have they they have a name brand out of him. They like him a lot. And uh, they gave him this guy to fight. This guy is five foot eight. Where O'Malley is five eleven. And this guy, he's no danger at knocking out O'Malley. I wouldn't think he's twenty one and three. He only has four knockout wins. He's 14 decisions. So O'Malley, I think he'll just use his reach and just beat up on this guy a little bit, and then the UFC will just put him against another subpar fighter. I don't know when they will give this guy some real competition. Well, you also have to imagine the way that Sean O'Malley lost that last fight. Or not lost that last fight. One of his more recent fights. Against another nobody. Absolutely, and it was a very strange finale right so uh, you are absolutely right in the fact that they're trying to push this guy this is a character they like him but you can't deny the fucking skill all right now here's the thing that's bothering me this might be this might be the change if if paiva can come in here and somehow win this fight right what's going to have to happen what's going to have to happen is sean o'malley is going to have to find a new goddamn camp he's going to have to get away from that fucking ginger all right, he's just going to have to find somewhere else to go because the dude's getting too much in his head and he's his fucking master. Who else is he training with besides Tim? Okay, it's Sean O'Malley and that fucking Tim guy, the guy who wanted to be a fighter, couldn't be successful, and then he fucking starts training other dudes. You know how I always say that fighters should train other fighters? Mm-hmm. Successful one. Like, I don't want Daniel Cormier getting into fucking Islam Makachev's head. <laughs> Fuck that. You know what I mean? No matter how much he tells you he's a two-time champ because he mm-hmm. won't let you fucking live it down. That's fucking annoying as all hell. I swear to God, I want to shove his head into a birthday cake because I bet he eats one whole all by himself. Now, <laughs> I don't trust guy. a guy that still uses iPhone 7. That's garbage. And it's, it's because his thumbs didn't fit it from day one. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way his, his thumbs were fitting on that goddamn phone. He's like, the iPhone 7 is already as big as it's going to get for me, and my hands are never going to fit the neck. Uh, but anyways, I, I did go Sean O'Malley on this one. I think we're all going to lean that way. But there is that chance, man. Iva's got a lot of fights, dude. He's got a lot of fights. Mm-hmm. Sean O'Malley has lost in a weird way. 
there is a lot of opportunity here you know where this Paiva guy could get pushed if he's come in and dominate him but O'Malley should finish him that's the whole point is like we want to go eat you know what I'm saying go fucking eat so man uh, the next bout flyweight bout uh, Kaya Kara France versus Cody Garbrandt now Kia France he's won two of his last three but uh, this fight ain't for him my opinion this fight Cody He's lost four of his last five. All fucking top-level competition. So I think this is a, a throw-me here. Cody, knock this fucking guy out, and we'll start building you back up slowly but surely. Because uh, you say top-level competition. Let's not forget. High performance, okay? PED-level fighters he's going against. He's going against guys that are literally superhuman. They're shoving horse, uh, you know, steroids into their hearts, okay? <laughs> you know, TJ Dillashaw was seconds away from sprouting wings, okay? Let's be honest. The guy was about to fight on a tail like a kangaroo, all right? <laughs> the fucking, he keeps shooting himself. He's going to come out with these fucking weird, you know, antlers on his forehead the next fight and be like, I don't know. I'm not doing anything. You're like, you look like a fucking deer. What's going on? He's like, it was actually moose steroids. Anyways, <laughs> fucking stupid. Uh, Kai Carr of France is... Uh, in trouble because Cody Garbrandt, I underestimated the shit out of him when he first came around and the way that he dominated Dominic Cruz, the way that he dominated uh, the other fighters he has dominated. What, what, who's the guy that he put, he flatlined Jose, uh, Rivera. What's Rivera's first name? I can't remember, but he put him face down one, one punch. No, on his back. He walked off at the last second of the first round. Recent fight. No, it was a ref. There you go. No. Sanseo? Yeah, yeah, that that was a well performance of the night, a second round. Uh. Okay, because well, you remember the one he was up against. Cody was up against the fence, and he hit this dude, knocked him out, and walked away with his hand in the air like it's beautiful. <laughs> Point is, this is Garbrandt at a new weight class. Okay, he's dropped uh, what ten pounds. He's now at one twenty-five. This is what. It's a flyweight. Fly Brandon Moreno. Okay, right. These are the top level guys in this division at this. Garbrandt falls right in line. And he's, he's dangerous. The thing is, is, you want to see how that power translates because it's not just his power, dude. It's the speed. So you got to go Garbrandt all day long. Well, that's the way I went also. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, guys, you can also play with us by downloading the ESPN app and going to the ESPN UFC 269 Pick'ems, okay? Uh, simply hit those three bars, click it, go down to UFC uh, 69, pick them. Click it, type in, don't leave it to the judges. Join the group, pick your fights, and you know what? Nothing is on the line. Nothing is on the line. We don't even mention it in the next episode. We're not like, hey, Steve only got three fights right. We don't do that because that's not the point. It's just a way to talk about it and kind of debate on who we like in the fight and see how the results are, all right? You can win shit. There is stuff on the line. If You, you don't lose anything, but you can win. Not from us. But from them, I guess. Uh, I was uh, ranked 819, I believe, in this uh, on this last card, and Sam did better than me. I'm sure you were in the 500s. Uh, 202. 202, nice, yeah. very good. Uh, but yeah, play along with us, guys. Don't forget to follow the show, and don't leave it to the judges' pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, check out those live tweets when we go live. I don't make any sense uh, when the fights are live. Uh, and don't forget, I got some more shows. Uh, what is it? Broken Talk. Check that shit out, man. That's a lot of fun. Uh, check out Briefcase. Having a lot of fun over there as well. And uh, the Patreon. Flying. I don't drop anything at all. 
It's patreon.com slash podculture, and that's because I gave you so much stuff for free. But anyways, back to these fights. We got Jeff Neal. All right, Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Ponzinibbio did very well in his last performance, but Jeff Neal has been doing very well in his last several. I, I definitely rooted against Ponzinibbio in the last battle he was in. I'm not sure why. I think it's, he's a veteran that didn't really do anything for me in his uh, career as is. So I'm, I'm going to have to go with Jeff Neal. He surprises the shit out of me every time. Wow, man. I went the other way on this one. Right. Well, yeah. You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Jeff Neal. From now on, well, you're wrong. <laughs> Dude, he, I mean, I know he's got he's got knockout power. Jeff Neal does. But, uh, man, his last win was in 2019, December 2019. Uh, I mean, his last two fights, they were pretty uh, top-level competition. He lost both decisions. Neil Magny, Stephen Thompson. But uh, Santiago, man, he's got a, a, a fucking knockout win over Neil Magny. So uh, that's one of the reasons I went his way. 99. What's that? What was that? After UFC 17, the Ultimate Fighter 17? <laughs> was that was that when he knocked out was, Neil Magny? It was in 2018. Man. I mean, the guy only fights. Right, let's look. Let's go back. Uh, a fight in June this year, January this year. Bam, 2018. Before then, 2017. Know, he just, he just shows up whenever the hell he wants. Which guy? Uh, Santiago. Absolutely. That's why he annoys me. <laughs> he beat up Mike Perry, I think. He's got a win over uh, Strickland. It was back in 2015. But... All right. <sighs> but we'll see. He's got a win over uh, Perry. 29 and 4, dude. What a record. But, uh, dude, the next fight, women's bantam weight, and it's a damn joke. That's how I see it. It's not even a fight. Amanda Nunez is going to flat out knock out uh, Juliana Pena. What does she do to earn this fight? What does she do to earn this? Is, that this speaks volumes for the women's band and weight division when someone like this is getting a title shot. She she won she's only a one fight win streak. Sarah McMahon. And that's it. That's It's like you have to imagine that Sarah McMahon was next in line. Wow. You know what I mean? And that's not even the case. <laughs> you know, it's odd. It's just someone else. It's like here, Amanda, go eat. It is very odd. Man. Very odd. I mean, they, they could come up with somebody you would think in this division. I mean, I would be surprised if there's like a long list of women that want to fight Amanda Nunes. I don't think Amanda gets called and they're like, and they're like hey, we got six fights for you. <laughs> I think it's like, I don't know, uh, Julia, I bet Amanda calls and she's like, well, do you guys have anything? Like, we could, we'll call someone, I think. And they bring her one person. They're like, this is what we got. <laughs> the division's terrible. Call. It really is. Gross, uh, but hey. At least we'll get to see a female knockout. You know, I love that. I love that. At least we know that Amanda Nunes has the power and capabilities and, and wherewithal and skill and stamina and, you know, crazy striking power and, and technicality. And Juliana Pena, you're like, I don't know. Who are you? What do you do? Is it a two two punches, shoot for the takedown type of situation? Because you don't, I don't remember you. <laughs> well, see, I will say I remember this lady because... She was one of the ultimate, one of the ultimate fighters, and she looked pretty decent. And I believe I remember her on there. She was talking about how you could look more feminine. She put on a lot of makeup, shit like that. 
And she won. She won her fight. She looked pretty good. But uh, yeah. I mean, her hair was nice. But here's the thing: she's not finishing anyone. Is she the same lady? Was like in a in a the got hurt during training and was out a while. Yeah, she was out from 2013 to 15. I think, I think her her gym. She got hurt in the gym, and then uh, I could be wrong, but I think she's the one who got hurt in the gym. And Dana White just shit talked her gym. Huh. Must be a fan. But anyways, <laughs> we now have. I want Amanda Nunes, by the way. I think he did as well. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Is Charles sure. Oliveira putting his lightweight title on the line against none other than Dustin Poirier? Okay. Charles Oliveira, 31 and 8, where Dustin Poirier comes in 28 and 6, and 72% picked the wrong guy in Dustin Poirier. <laughs> Uh, it's Charles Oliveira, dude, all day long. I mean, the fucking blonde hair, of course, we unite. Um, he's he's fantastic. There's no flaws in the man's game. I haven't seen one yet. I haven't seen one since he came on the scene. In his losses, in his victories, he's just so talented. It's a matter of how can he beat you? How? What is he going to do? Is his mind going to be there? He's the fucking champ now, and he's dominating, dudes. Dominating. Dustin isn't really dominating anybody. He goes to war. He goes to battle, but is he dominating? Where's the domination? Where's the taking over? Where's the uh, what is that? What is the actual thing that they stat? The octagon, whatever time. Oh, the, the control. Absolutely. How, what's Dustin Poirier's control time? Does he even have any? You know what I mean? <laughs> Oliveira has to have way better control time, where Dustin hasn't really done anything. Where I'm like, oh, he's gonna be a fun champ. You know, it's like, okay, sure. Make him the champ so he can fucking retire and we can move on. We don't have to see Connor fight him again because it's it's it was boring the first time, boring the second time, and by God, it'll be boring the third fucking time. Who gives a fuck about that matchup? Who is like, oh, Connor McGregor versus Dutch would be good because they punch. Like, fucking sit down. <laughs> it's so boring, dude. It's like Max Holloway versus Connor. Let's see that shit. Justin Gaethje mm-hmm. versus Connor. There's so many other opportunities at 55 for Connor where they're throwing this guy in there and it's like making him the champ is the most ridiculous thing because what are they going to try to do push Connor up to fight for the champ fight the for the belt against Dustin because that's the best it sells a lot better cuz Dustin's the champ now why wouldn't the third the third fight be for the belt when Connor comes back it's so stupid that's a fucking lame storyline they shouldn't be fighting for the belt it should be a three round fucking matchup i'm just throwing this in there because Charles is going to win anyways. So Dustin's going to have to fight Connor again, not for the belt, and then retire. But I, it's going to be a Bisbing thing. Someday, Dustin might be able to fight for the belt and win it and then retire. Just so that way he can, every time he's introduced at fucking Denny's, they'll be like, hey, it's the champ. The champ, Dustin Poirier, getting his fucking grand slam. You know, it must be an off day. Here's your waitress, Caroline. Like, what the fuck, dude? You know what I mean? Like, I hate that they do that. Like, mostly because the guys that have been champ for short periods of time are the most bogus. And you can name them on your fucking, you know, your first hand. Daniel Cormier, Michael Bisbing, you know, Aljamain Sterling. There's these guys that have been champ for a half a second. And you're like, stop calling yourself champ, dude. I'd be embarrassed. The only time you should, anybody should reference champ when looking at you is when you're wearing a special sweater. All right, shout out champion. Sponsor the podcast. <laughs> so, Charles Oliveira, man, he's on a roll. Nine straight wins, all finishes. All finishes. It's nine straight fights. 
Dustin Poirier, yeah, he's won three straight. Those two Conor McGregor fights. But when he fought uh, Khabib, he looked fucking silly. He looked silly. <laughs> Dude, he couldn't stand up. He, he cannot. I don't think he's going to be able to stand up against Oliveira. I think Oliveira's going to take him down and just pound all over him. And I don't think this fight's even going to last all that long. Yeah. I only I only have 59 total strikes landed in this. That's 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 me. All right, I'm going 35. Wow. I'm, wow. I'm going 35. Just uh, to throw the number a little lower than you, I should have did prices rights rule it with one, but I <laughs> I like the idea that it ends early, but I also like the idea that it it goes for a while. And I think Oliveira is better in almost as far as I'm concerned. It seems like there's not. I don't see anything in my head that Dustin could do. The only thing that would surprise me is how much stronger he could be. Hmm. We'll notice when they first clinch. In the first clinch, we'll get to see just how powerful Dustin is in comparison. Because remember, Oliveira is a slender guy for the way his length is, is very helpful in his striking. Hmm. He, he has a kind of an open stance. He fights, throws, like I said, punches very similar to Amanda Nunes. So you're going to see two dudes going in there having a battle here. And I think Oliveira is just going to get the better. I think he's meant to be champion for some time. Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said, man. Uh, those nine straight wins. There's not too many people that can say that they have nine straight wins and then that they're all finishes. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty damn rare in the UFC. He's he's a very special guy. And, I, I mean, we've you and I, being fans of the sport, have known about Oliveira for a long time. And him being a champ was nothing we really expected or prepared for. I'm not saying it's not well-deserved. I mean, the kid's been fucking well-rounded since day one. He's been dangerous since day one. He's had some incredible finishes. He's been resilient. And that's where Dustin's power kind of comes to me in this fight as meaningless. It doesn't matter how hard he can punch. We've seen Oliveira test shots from some guys that are guys that are surely stronger than, uh, you know, Poirier. Because he's out of his weight class anyways, right? He was fighting 145 before. It was never 170. Uh, fuck, I don't know. I'm cutting this shit out. <laughs> so looking this shit up. Uh, yeah, fuck it. I don't know. I'm not sure. Let's see. Dan Hooker, McGregor, Khabib. It's all. Uh, eh, anyway, fuck it. It don't, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. There's always a littler guy. The folks. Don't leave it to the Judges Podcast. Join the group. Follow us everywhere. All that good stuff. And we're out of here. Round one. Fight. <laughs>